So, my name is Dermot Kennedy. I'm an Irish singer-songwriter, and uh, yeah, I've been on tour for the last 200 years, and just enjoying <laughs> life. Well, yes, you've just stumbled upon another wonderful episode of Introducing. Congratulations. If you're here by mistake, commiserations, sorry, but hopefully we get you to stick around because I've just been sucked into the Dermot Kennedy Club over the last little while. I didn't know a lot about him, right? And then I went to see his show in Sydney. My God. And, and everyone knew all the words. And then I got to have a few little whiskeys and, and Irish whiskeys with him after his show and met him. And then I got to speak to him. So I've really been thrust into the Dermot Kennedy world. And now I see why he has over a billion streams on the internet. He's in the Billy Streams Club. We'll talk to him about starting his busking career in Ireland. Um, also, Shadows and Dust, his band. But then that moment that he took himself out of the band and decided to become a solo artist. And there's some good little bits of advice through here if you are a young artist, especially a young songwriter. We'll chat about coming to Australia after a two-year delay. I mean... You just have to listen to Dermot to know that you could listen to him talk all day. So please enjoy my chat with Dermot Kennedy. Well, look, thank you for coming on. I feel really bad, like, finally chatting to you when you're about three hours away from flying home. (laughs) That's a good thing. You got me in a good mood. I'm like, yeah. Yes. Well, you got me in a good mood. I went to your Sydney show last night. Uh Uh-huh. how, how did, so look, describe the crowd for people who weren't there because, and, and, and was that kind of representative of your time in Australia, that, that, that wild crowd? Or is that yeah. representative of the, all your shows? Because um, they yeah, were wild I mean, last night. Right, yeah, but it's like, I think it can, uh, there's like a wide range of ways my shows can go. It can be very delicate and polite and chilled and it can be very up and excited as well and uh, yeah you just get a wide range of emotions but I think <laughs> uh, I love both you know like yeah. there's nights sometimes you play some shows in Europe and they can be so polite it's almost awkward you know what I mean and it kind of brings the best out of you as an artist because you know you have to be on the ball and you're fully like trying to impress people and then there can be nights like last night where you have to just sign up entirely to yeah. just Enjoy yourself. I know a lot of flags. I know I just last mm. I thought I was at Glastonbury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of home pride. Yeah, yeah. I was talking to you. I think it was your tour manager because we got to stand by the sound desk, which was just, it was beautiful. Horton Pavilion was great, great cool, sound. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, you were, sounded great and the band sounded amazing. Nice one. Yeah, they're good guys. Um, But I, I said, is there, do we expect flares at these shows? And he, he wasn't yeah. like, it wasn't, it didn't, didn't look like it was impossible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the pyro. No yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so tell us as well. You, the, the, kind of your trip to Australia was like two years in the making, really. Yeah. Um, were you one of those people that used that two years wisely, or did you, um, or like you know, did you get stuff done? <laughs> totally, yeah. No, I got an album done. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think for me, when it kind of when everything stopped and we couldn't go on tour, I think for me it was so important to. I just you know like I had worked so hard to generate a certain amount of progress and momentum and uh and I just wasn't willing to let it go you know and obviously even though the whole thing was uncharted territory it was just kind of like I can't I like I was like okay what do we do to figure out me moving forward in a way um because I just I wasn't willing to stop I feel like I'm really in the thick of it career-wise I feel more creative than ever so I was just like what do we do so it like for me it involved like 
just being a bit more available, even on things like social media, to just be around more because yeah. I couldn't play shows. Normally, that's my comfort blanket. You know, I'm just always around to play those <laughs> shows. I'll always be there for people in real life. And so we did a live stream from a museum in London. Uh, we did a couple things just to stay on it, but it's been a busy two years. Yeah, you weren't worried that people were like going to forget or not, or lose I'm interest. About it now <laughs> I swear, like I'm constantly <laughs> worried about it. I swear to well, God, you shouldn't be. I was in the crowd last night. Nice I think you got a few good years left in you. Thank you. Uh, tell us about. You're growing up. What's the town in, in Ireland? Is it raw? Ratcool. Ratcool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, I knew you'd say it better. So. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. You're just like, um, yeah, no, it, it's a tiny town. And I'm not even, uh, that's not even where I'm from. I kind of like grew up about 10 minutes outside, further up into the hills. And yeah. uh, so middle of nowhere, total. What's that place called then? So I can mispronounce That's called Calig's Town. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Calig is like Irish for a witch. So it okay. was like, there's an old myth that there's a tunnel that runs from Rathcool up to Calig's Town, like a witch's tunnel that they like escaped in and stuff. <laughs> uh, but... Um, but that's where I'm from, and and it was just it was very important for me. Tons of nature yeah. definitely influences how I write. Definitely influences how I operate as a human. Like even here, like going to the botanical gardens and stuff. That I need that stuff in my life because I go crazy. Like I've never been a city person. Do you know what I mean? And this job just takes me from city to city. <laughs> so I, I need to find those pockets of nature. Yes. And yeah, is that how you discovered your um incredible voice by being on your own and just being able to just just give it all it's got well well yeah or did someone I mean, discovered on your I behalf <laughs> i take it for granted like even being in new york yeah. uh, the first half of this year and like even say singing in the apartment and stuff you're just like this is a problem like I, I feel uncomfortable whereas i grew up just making as much noise as you want and it influenced like it influenced how i became an artist in a way because like there's such a strong music scene in Dublin, but I was never, ever part of it. You know, I never took part. And even in college, I did classical music in college, and uh, I was awful for just kind of going to class and then jumping in the car and going home. Like, I was never... Like, my mates from home are just like, we all play football, we're all mad into sport, that's it. Like, we never talked about music ever. And so, when I was about 15, 16, and these songs started kind of coming out of me. It was just a very organic thing, and, and I wasn't trying to be like anybody because I didn't know anybody, you know? It just, every decision was based on how it made me feel good, and so I would hope that feeds into doing something authentic nowadays, you know? Well, because I was going to ask you who you listen to, but then you answered that. You just I was listened. obsessed. Like, I was listening to David Gray, Bonnie yeah. Bear, them were huge for me. Yeah. Rap music is massive for me. Like, I was influenced for sure, but there was... There was, I don't know, I wasn't trying to fit into any kind of thing. And, and certainly nowadays, I think that I hold on to that idea even more tightly. It's like you see trends come and go so fast. It's like you try and hang on to something like that, you'll be dead in a year. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like you just, you won't exist. So yeah. you just have to do something meaningful, hope it sticks, and then that's worth more than anything. Well, that must be more incredible then because then when you started busking, like what, what kind of made you think that this might be something that you want to do as a job as opposed to just something you enjoy doing on your own yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. the woods? Well, yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. Well, the thing, I mean, the busking thing is hard because it, it is that it's a job, you know, yeah. and, and there's certain decisions you can make where you know you'll end up with more money in your case and stuff and so that was kind of weird for me I knew there was songs I could play that would make more people stop but then they weren't my favourite songs to play because I wanted to play Ben Howard songs all day stuff like that and so um, it was that was hard and uh, and so I didn't do it as much as I should have yeah well there's yeah. the Joe Strummer from the Clash um, School of Busking where I read an interview once with him where he said he was used to busk at tube stations in London he said yeah. because people don't stop they just walk you guys you just have to learn like a chorus and a 
reverse yeah, and yeah, just yeah. do that over and over again. Oh, yeah, it's an art. <laughs> like, people who can do it properly, it's a I'm real I'm not sure that art. was probably, that was the lazy version. Right, I mean, it turned right, out right. all right for him. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what was, do you remember the first song then, then you wrote? Because that's, I mean, when you're busking, you're, you're doing covers and things totally. like that. Yeah, what yeah, was yeah. the first pen to paper moment? I think I wrote a song called Lost in the Sun. It's so bad. I think it's on YouTube. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, dreadful. Like, really bad. But, Did you um, put it on YouTube? How's it on YouTube? I played it on an open mic when I was like oh, okay. 16 or something. Yeah, I used yeah. to play these open mics where they wouldn't let me into the bar. Yeah. Um, but I'd be like, I'm just playing and then I'm gone. Like, you could monitor me. I'm going to walk from here to the stage, play and then leave. And uh, <laughs> and yeah, I just I was, I was always writing songs from the start. But I've never been the type to be like, oh, I wrote 10 songs songs in a day like yeah. it's not me I find it quite tiring you know oh, yeah. it takes a lot out of you yeah if you're trying to say real things you know and yeah. I'm not I don't know like I'm not a very serious person outside of that so I can't spend too much time <laughs> there you know what about Shadows and Dust was that your first great band? band great band yeah me all our drummer he was in that band I was band gonna say yeah, yeah yeah you've still got you've still got a member or two yes indeed um, um, yeah, what, kind of, just, what kind of music was, was Shadows and Dust it was like me but everybody was obsessed with Bonnie Vare. it was like that so we'd have songs with like five minute intros whereas nowadays <laughs> I'd just be like why like why is that a thing uh, yeah and so yeah I just needed it but I, I find it hard to be honest being part of a sort of democratic creative environment I like being the only one doing it yeah, yeah. that's huge for me that's yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I, I I like I'm in awe of bands that have long careers. I don't know how they do it. You kind of do get the feeling though that you know so you could pick the person Sometimes. that runs the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe except for you two, where apparently everything is split even evenly with their manager. I go that's well, what I believe. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Unbelievable. Like how I mentioned you two. You know, another yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my dad. <laughs> so like it kind of feels like I mean we'll get to your, your debut album in a second but it kind of yeah. feels like you're doing all that and then all of a sudden you're on stage at Coachella sure like what what really happened what, what was that transition really from from say Shadows and Dust to then being your own man your own boss and uh-huh. then doing festivals like that because that must have been a real like it's not an overnight thing obviously yeah. but it feels like it was no just of like, course yeah like I mean I'm 30 now and I was 22 when I sort of had the sit down with the band and was like I think I'm going to give this a go on my own yeah. and uh it's crazy, right? Because at that time in your life, you're like, this is the hardest thing I'll ever go through. And this is so bad or whatever. And so I was 22 then. Then I I recorded. I So like, and uh, this is a long-winded story, but I think it's important because if someone who, like a young musician hears this, I think it's really important. It, I, I had been in the studio a few times when I was younger and I had these songs that I was really proud of and I had written them at home and I'd go in and I didn't know what I wanted them to sound like. And so a producer who was far more accomplished than me would be like, well, here's the bass line and here's the thing. And I came away with these songs. And I was like, these don't sound as good as when I made them. And so I had this weird like studio PTSD where I didn't want to go into a studio at all. And so over time, I got more comfortable with the idea and I went into the studio and I said... Uh, it wasn't like aggro but I said like I know the violin line I know the piano line I know the guitar line I know the harmonies I want to do literally we're ticking boxes here we're not having a creative discussion and stuff like changed and grew but I I knew what I wanted the songs to sound like and that was so important to me because I had been in the other situation so many times I was just like this isn't good anymore like why did we go near this it should have just been a guitar and vocal and so it took me time to learn that and um, and then I got home and another thing was with bands and stuff, I'd spend so much time like spending all my money on making an EP, putting all my money into the artwork. And I had this 
idea that it would just I would go from zero to a hundred and be like, oh, someone's going to find it and I'll <laughs> sign a record deal and it'll become a thing. But obviously it didn't. And it was around the time like where Facebook was just kicking off and like friends and family would share it, but nothing happened, you know? And I'd play a gig in Dublin and some people would go, but it was never a thing. And it was really disheartening because these projects I'd put all my effort and heart into would just kind of exist and then stop. And then those songs are gone. And, uh, and so having fallen out of love with that, I just put the songs, I recorded three songs that way. And I put them up one at a time by myself through TuneCore or whatever. And, uh, just this lovely kind of it was quite freeing to just be like all right upload see what happens and uh one at a time three months in between and uh and then after rain which i think was it wasn't the first one an evening was the first one after rain might have been the third one yeah. and then i played a gig in london that i organized by myself it was about 40 people there um in 2016 and everybody basically afterwards was like oh I heard it on Spotify today and I was like oh okay and I went back and checked the plays for the day and it had gone from like five plays to say 50,000 in a day and um, Unreal. so I mean if I could sort of pin it down to one moment I'd be like that's when I felt it turn yeah. and I had something to chase instead of just kind of feeling in the dark that's what it felt like yeah, yeah. because your streams now are un- unbelievable like, wild yeah, in the mil- yeah it just that was the moment where I was like alright cool like I feel like I've got my foot in some kind of door now and I can yeah. yeah so what is your opinion on that then so obviously the internet's so it's there right yeah. and you're and when you release an album is it a collection of work that you're still do you think as proud of as because now you're seeing how successful songs are as you put them up. Does that make sense? Am I wording sure. that? You yeah. know, does, is, does an album mean what maybe it did 20 years ago, do oh, you I think? I don't know. Probably not, right, if we're being honest. Yeah. Well, it depends on who yeah. you ask, you know? To yeah. me, yes. But then people do go in and cherry pick songs. I also do that, you know? Mm. Rather than listen to full projects, I'll just go, I like that one. I do like that one. Yeah. Like, I have some favorite albums, and if I'm being really brutal with myself, I probably haven't listened to the thing front to back, you know? Yeah. Because whatever way we live these days, we just don't find the time. But uh, but I don't know. Like it's quite, it's really quite um, an uplifting thing when you sort of realize that people really do still care as well, you know. And uh, it's easy. It, it's important for me to keep an eye on that because, like, as well, when you're ambitious and you're trying to push your career on, it can be so like, oh, singles focused on this single and that. Mm. You you still need to have a cohesive body of work. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. And now that vinyls so big as well that's yeah, now yeah, my most yeah. expensive new hobby totally but I buy an album yeah. that I can listen to for free on my phone and I yeah. spend a hundred bucks on it sure <laughs> but, but it's the internet, the internet thing would drive you mad if you think about it too much as an artist it's just yeah. like these songs that sort of like I, I don't know was it there's songs recently right that they'll blow up on TikTok with the whatever 20 second thing and yeah. then the full song comes out and people realize they don't actually like the full song yes. but they love <laughs> yes. the clip you know it's crazy yeah well even even that to that point a lot of the songs we're playing on the radio at the moment like a minute 58 because they're TikTok songs Man. no time for a DJ to go to the bathroom anymore yeah 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 <laughs> so, like, how do I do that yeah. um, so you, you've you've wrapped up in Australia you're about to go home tonight and um, uh-huh. I, from looking at your dates I'm overwhelmed for you with the amount of dates ahead yeah, yeah, I how do think. you compartmentalize all that stuff I don't yeah <laughs> I don't I really don't. I think about it like, I don't know, yeah, sometimes you really don't get a minute, you know? Yeah. Um, and whatever about me as an artist, I think I'd be fine as an artist, but just as a human, you have to keep an eye on yourself, you know? Yeah. And every time you have a day off, you're just like, I wish I had two more days and and uh, <laughs> to do nothing. But uh, 
I don't know. It, it's about being conscious of the fact that it's a privilege, but also just it's also not necessarily a privilege anymore. You know, I've earned it, and so there are times where you have to look out for yourself. Yeah, yeah. but uh, schedule's mad. I can't look at it. I don't know it. I'm not like my manager will tell you. Like I'm not on calendars. I don't have like, <laughs> really. Don't, yeah, like I'll be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Text me and tell me what to do, and yeah, I'll be yeah. there. But I don't know. You don't spend every after show like we did last night. Just. Just out of interest to you, because that that would be very. Oh you, no, you, no, 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 no! That. I was no, joking. No, no. It's not sustainable. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was an end of tour celebration. Totally. I love that. Yeah. Um, so, how do you then, with that in mind, and with such a busy schedule, and and obviously playing the songs that people are loving now, when do you get the time to put the work into the new things, or does that just you just have to find time as you keep moving? Otherwise, there's yeah, just no it's way. a bit like that. Yeah, again, a symptom of the industry I exist in, as opposed to 20 years ago. It's like I would love to hide away in a cabin and. Iceland for six months and make my album, you know. Uh, but it feels the like stones just get uh, rent somewhere in the south of France, yeah, bring all yeah, your yeah. model girlfriends in. <laughs> and- <laughs> but I, I think, like, I think I would love to just hide away and make records. But you have to exist nowadays, don't you? Yeah. Constantly. And uh, so you're recording into your phone. Are you a big voice memo guy? That type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's you're trying to make something meaningful alongside that, and it's quite patchy. And it's like I made this song in London, made this song in LA, mm. like this new record I, I think there's one song that I wrote at home and like home is such a strong thing for me and it's such a huge part of my identity so it's so important that stuff is in there but yeah you do kind of make it as you move yeah um, the the podcast is called Introducing so before I let you go I'm yeah. always keen to know who you'd maybe like to introduce us to someone that you're listening to at the moment uh, could be a friend could be someone that's huge and we already know about but you just love there's a lot um, <laughs> just I one like, no, yeah just, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I know there's a lot if you want yeah 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 no the, I think the best I think I've watched the YouTube video literally about a hundred times at this point there's a guy called Ray Vaughn who just signed to TDE Kendrick's label um, oh, yeah. and he did a freestyle on LA Leakers anyone that's listening go watch LA Leakers Rave On it's the coolest thing I've seen in years it's so good it's like the same feeling I had when I found Bonnie Iver or something the guy is too good okay good yeah, so that's yeah. what you'll be listening to on the plane yes, in a few hours time well mate congratulations I mean the sold out shows are one thing Thank so you. we loved having you here and even the two years we were happy to wait yeah we're, yeah we're yeah, cool. yeah. Uh, let's not make it another two years hopefully and uh, congrats on um, Something to Summer which is the single that we're listening to now and we're playing now so Thank mate you. it's a pleasure to meet you and, and thanks for having us at the show last night you too man thanks so much Cheers.